guests and share a little bit about their experiences. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Um, so I'm Yadira, and I do art and henna tattoos, mostly like acrylic paintings and like local art shows. I am Brittany. I'm the creator <laughs> um, and owner of Social Hour. I curate community events and art shows. And I've actually had Yadira. She's been in like two. So yeah, she's been here from the get. I'm Jessica, <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> I'm here with Wokepocalypse, and I'm excited to have you guys here. It's going to be a cool episode, and let's hope to you know, get to know each other better. Hi, my name is Juan Tellez. Uh, I am co-founder of Shades of Brown. Our mission is to empower culture and community. And my name is Christina Farias, and I'm the other co-founder of Shades of Brown. And yeah, pretty much we want to empower culture and community. So we have a few questions prepared for everybody just to um, kind of get to know a little bit of background, a little bit about their art and what their, um, just kind of what their motivators are. So um, we'll just start with the first question and then we'll go from there. So how have your identities and backgrounds helped in the progress of your work and has it ever held you back from doing so? I can go ahead. Um, yeah, so my identity uh, first, I identify as a biracial uh, young male, and uh, I grew up in West Modesto. I lived in a in a rough neighborhood, and uh, I think as I got older, I discovered that uh, I wanted to help people. And so I identify as a leader. I identify as somebody who uh, wants to organize for social change. And uh, I think in that, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of leaders, a lot of like-minded folks, and uh, I think in terms of barriers, uh, I think there are a lot of fixed-minded mind folks uh, in terms of, you know, I mean that, like, people are fixed and they always say no to everything or, like, think that they can't go beyond uh, barriers that they may, may come across. And, um, and I think in, in my interactions and in my identities as someone who's biracial, someone who's had to grow up in a resilient neighborhood, um, I think... I put it upon myself to kind of take people aside, aside myself, and uh, kind of grow with them, in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but um, especially in how that relates to culture and community, um, you know, just organizing with good intentions and trying to do the best we can to empower our people. Well, then, I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, how are we supposed to top that off? Anyway, um, so growing up, I always just identified as me being Mexican. It wasn't until I reached um, higher education where I started to figure out, like, who I truly was, and that's identify as Chicana now. Um, always growing up, it was really hard because I was, I mean, I'm like Morena, but I was, more, like, I was darker growing up. I was always outside. I was always playing, and so my skin the sun loved to kiss my skin we'll say it that way and so it was hard because I would get like kind of like teased in a sense or like oh like India or like Akununutsi they were like oh they would call me like all these names right and I just I took them I didn't see any harm from it but as you get older especially like in middle school and high school you realize that like damn like it's rough you know because it's like I was I sat on that hyphen as like my Miss Baru says and she's like my one of my big idols and so you sat you sit on that hyphen of Mexican American and so I was too 
Mexican for like the white kids. I grew. I mean, I went to school in Patterson. It's a really small town, um, country little you know football town, um, and I was too um, American for the Mexican kids. So it was hard to find my place of belonging, and so I'm really I was really blessed to be able to put like the universe kind of guided me into into. Miss um, Brew's classes, and from there, like I met a lot of amazing folks, and um, I met Juan because I was at one point the co-founder, the co-founder, no, the co-chair to Mecha, and so I've been really blessed to just go off from there, and I'm excited to see where like this takes us. Um, but yeah, I mean, my identity has. Sorry, I got stuck. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I wonder I am, but yeah, I mean, at one point, like, it was difficult, but I feel like that's what has helped me be where I'm at now, so it, you know, I, I want to be able to build that platform or be able to have that safe space for kids and others that feel the same way that I felt growing up, and so I think that's what we're doing slowly but surely. Um, so I feel like I feel like my identity kind of like same thing growing up Mexican American. I was like the legit opposite. Like people would always tell me like, "Oh, you're a white girl." Like my family would call me Kelly. <laughs> like they'd be like, "Go back to your family, Kelly." Like stuff like that, you know. And I didn't really think about it until now. People would be like, "Oh, you can't really if you're not like colored just because my skin is fair, you know." But I had the same like. My parents both came here from Mexico, and, you know, they, like, they both worked really hard, and they weren't really, I could say, like, excited about me choosing to take the route of, like, being an artist and having, like, not a going into a field that's not really, like, guaranteed financial security, you know, it's kind of a gamble. So there was a little bit of resistance there, but I feel like having, like, that mentality of, you know, you can have anything if you work hard and seeing your a lot of our parents came here without, you know, anything. And so I feel like my identity kind of, like, comes from that. And just within my artwork itself, like, I try to let the Mex Mexican culture and Mexican artwork, it's very, like, bright, you know, use a lot of vibrant colors. And I feel like that really comes through in my art also. And feminist, like, ideas, too, you know, like, it's, I feel like when people look at my art, they can always see, like, it's made by a female, and I kind of, like, choose to emphasize on that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, um, Brittany, I don't know if I have to say that, but <laughs> um, for myself, it's pretty tough. I feel like... I relate to exactly what both of you guys are saying, but when I go in a room, I feel like there's not one person who looks like me. Like, literally, like, even right here in this room, like, you know what I mean? They're, so, um, sorry, I'm a little nervous. I don't know if you guys can tell, but. <laughs> You're totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't be nervous. Yeah, yeah I know, it's safe tough. Safe yeah. It's tough, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Um, this is a safe space. Yeah. I appreciate that. Positive vibes. Yes. No, like, <laughs> Let's see, my identity, I don't know. I feel like I've always had a tough time, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am right now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm 30, and, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it's, I feel like, I don't know. 
I've always identified as somebody who doesn't really identify as anything. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm young. I'm black. Like, I'm an entrepreneur now. I identify as all of those things. And I feel like in the search to finding myself, I'm, like, literally shaking. I'm so shook right now. I think, <laughs> But, like, in the search to find myself, I feel like I've been able to help other people, and that's led me to where I am right now. Yeah. That's all I got. Thank you. I'll snap myself. <laughs> no, and just a reminder, like, we were very intentional in reaching out to you guys. Like, I I remember, like, I first, I saw, I went to Chrissy's show, like, a few weeks ago. I've been to a social hour show, and I've seen, I first saw Yalita's work, like, a couple years ago. At, um, I think it was a Something Heavy show. So it's like we were very intentional about in the work that we were very like, <laughs> and we were very inspired by the stuff that you guys do. So we're just we really thank you guys for actually taking the time to be here today because we were very excited. We've been talking about it for weeks yeah. now. We we're super yeah. excited that you guys were like so down and like even like um, we reached out to like even like Valley Wolf and like Rubber Lizard and like we have interviews with them on another day. So it's like we're super excited that you guys are like um, you guys are really down to to be here. And so, you guys don't want to share anything else? Like, you guys are down for the next question? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just want to get that one out Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what is your art or music or your work attempting to say? And do you have a message or a specific goal behind it? Yeah, so, like, kind of, like, the intentions behind the work that you do. Like, I know you guys kind of shared something of that earlier, um, but... I guess I can start. Um, so... I guess, like, the main intention for us was always we started this up maybe, like, at least specifically with Shades, right? We started it up maybe a year and a half ago now. And we were doing pop-ups at first um, at parks on the west side. Yes, on the west side of Modesto. We would take canvases and paints, and we would go to parks where, like, a lot of kids were at, and we would literally just ask people to engage with us and create and at first we'd get like puzzled looks like what the hell like what are you guys doing like you know and so <laughs> right right and, but it was beautiful to see like everyone come together even though we were complete strangers we were able to like hold space together and then from there we made an Instagram and then from there we'd have other local organizations like hey why don't you guys like have some like hold some space at this event we're like okay cool let's like let's, let's do it and so we were doing that for about a year and then we had a um a friend hit us up at the beginning of this year and was like hey there's like an opportunity for you guys to hold space um downtown modesto for free and we're like what so it really it sped up the process of what we wanted to do um, and ultimately that was always just to create a platform for the community for the west side for Modesto for young artists that didn't feel like their art belonged at those galleries downtown where they tell them that their art's not good enough or for specifically more for people of color because we make up the majority of the Central Valley and yet the representation lacks and so that is what I think we try to say with Shades is that our intentions are to create a platform for everyone and anyone. And we don't ever want to like 
say like you are not good enough for this because we're trying to do the opposite and I think we need more spaces like that out here you know so. yeah um, I think you said that eloquently um, and I think for myself um, I think what, what does an empowered person look like and I think with myself with Shades of Brown uh, with Christina and it's for me um, it's someone who's in action um, and when it comes to culture and creativity, I mean, you are in the act of loving yourself, loving your creativity, uh, whatever that means, and you're doing it. You're putting it on paper, putting it on canvas. Um, you are writing, you are journaling, whatever, whatever that means, and you're doing it. And I think um, the start, the, at the very start, you know, we were, we were trying to fill a need. And in a lot of resilient communities, the first thing that they take away is art. The first thing they take away is all these things that are, that are excess Right, because, um, but I think for us, we're gonna we we say no. Like our culture matters, our creativity matters, and um, our communities definitely matter. And so that's why we we started popping up. And uh, you know, it's been since last March where we held our first event, and now we have a space. We have uh, and like we're all very intentional about things. And um, yeah, I think you know, just community first all the time. Okay, so for me. Um my work, I feel like what I'm trying to do is promote um, like entrepreneurship and um, bravery, to be honest. I feel like there's so many, so many talented people and there's so many people with great ideas. And um, I feel like uh, as a child, sometimes that's. Oh, I don't, can you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes when you're a child, like that shit gets like shut down really early, you know, and you bury it and you lose it. And it's like, I don't know, that kid who was hella creative could have been the inventor of something awesome if they were allowed to express it, you know? And um, I do feel like the art world can be lucrative. Like a lot of people at my shows, first timers, have sold out. Um, I've had people make more than what I make at the end of the day. Like every, and it's not really about money, but it's my goal is to allow or to encourage people to be brave enough to at least try. Like you don't know if your stuff will sell out if you never sell it or if you never put it out there or if nobody ever sees it. Like there's so many artists I'm sure you can attest that have work inside of their rooms that have never ever left their rooms before because they're afraid like they think people aren't going to like it anymore so um I want people to uh I don't know I just want to invite people to be themselves and showcase their work and show the world like what is out there you know um so my work I feel like is influenced by like you know all the factors of like stuff I'm going through even like the music I'm listening to that week like I feel like it you know I get inspiration from everywhere but right now I feel like I'm at a point where I'm kind of struggling with like creating stuff that feels authentic to me mm. and what I'm actually trying to say and like Brittany saying like doing it yeah like everyone wants to make money you know but just showing your work and seeing like the response that people get like a lot of times I'm more after like a lot of times people ask you like oh what did you mean or like what does this mean or what are you trying to say and you know a lot of times it's like well what do you take from it because like 
any everyone could take something different and it might comfort you or disturb you in a different way than it comforts someone else um so I feel like right now I'm in that like limbo state where I like create and I want to have like straight up ideas but it's hard to like communicate that and actually like agree with what's in my head I think that's the hardest thing like I'll see these images and I'm just like halfway through I'm like okay that's not how it was supposed to come out you can know ask, can I ask a quick can I ask you a question yeah. about that do you feel like that blocks you sometimes or hinders you because you're like are you creating your art for yourself or for people yeah. to purchase yeah you know so that's I mean? a that's a really big thing and that's where I really have to step in when I feel like I am doing like a lot of shows or I'm just like saying yes because I want to be involved but then I'm like okay I can't just make art for the show I need to like showcase the work that I have and the work mm. that I've been doing for myself because I feel like it's easy to make art that people will want and people want to buy but at the end of the day you need to be true like to your roots your culture and you know like you guys do it for community and to feel that like positive like impact you know and I feel like that's our responsibility to use like the platform that we have to like inspire and you know, like, anyone could think of a good business and make money, but I feel like, like Brittany says, like, she's giving people that safe space to present their work. Like, that's, to me, worth more than, like, any any amount of money, like, you can make from it, you know? So I feel like it is a constant battle with, like, am I doing it, like, what's coming naturally, or am mm -hmm. I doing, like, what people want me to do? So balance, I think, is very important in my work. Hi. <laughs> um, no, I, I totally feel what you're saying. Like, I'm a young, inspiring, not inspiring, aspiring artist. <laughs> and, you know, um, just trying to, like, show your work to people is a huge fear. And, like, I also, like, do poetry and stuff. And, like, that's a huge fear for me, too. Like, letting, you know, other people, like, judge your work is terrifying. And, you know, like, letting... Like, I barely let, um, I had, like, met some new friends earlier this year, and I was like, hey, like, you know, like, I kind of draw, and they're like, oh, like, show us your stuff, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, y'all want to see my stuff? Like, it's not that good, and you're like, whatever, and then, like, I, I was like, all right, whatever, I'll send them, like, my, my better ones, and so I sent them some pictures, and this one kid, he was so fascinated with my stuff, he's like, this can go on posters, like, this is so vibrant, it's so good, and I was just like, my heart, stop, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, because I, I was drawing when I was younger, like, in high school, and then I stopped for maybe... I saw for a really long time, maybe like four years. But yeah, like I got back into it, and then I had saw how much I had like grown. And I knew if I would have like stayed like with it like continuously, I would have probably been like better. If that makes sense. But I was just kind of like you know getting back into it and like starting all over again. And I was just like, all right, you know, I, this is actually something I really love, and like I care about it. And then school happened, and then it's like you know like what you what Brittany was saying, like that creativity gets shut down like really bad. And like I got. This past year, you know, I've suffered through, like, really bad depression and anxiety. And, like, I I was just, like, so withdrawn from everybody and, like, isolated. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to paint or, like, draw. And it was just, it was hard, you know. And then I had talked to a professor, and he's like, yo, like, you're really stressed out. Because I just, I just bawled. I was just crying. I was so, like, freaked out. <laughs> he's like, well, what do you do for fun? And I was like, well, I used to paint. I used to do this. And he's like you need to stop whatever this is, like, whatever, like, the school thing is, and focus on you, like, work on you, and I'm just, like, you're right, <laughs> you know, like, it, it was hard to kind of step back and, like, take time for myself and to self-reflect and be, like, hey, like, not everything needs to be so, like, 
like you can't just like put yourself last you know and I do that all the time with friends with family like even with myself like I put like other things before me before myself and so like I'm at the bottom Mm -hmm. and I wonder why I'm crying at like 2 (laughs) a.m you know because it it piles up and it's hard you know so like you not not having those outlets not having those spaces to you know be you is is really tough you know in a in a world like this and like in a valley like this you know full of like like-minded people but since like we're so afraid to even come together because of those boundaries because of those walls that everybody has been putting up like for many years you know it's not just something new that just popped up like it's been happening and so like having these new spaces and having people like you know given these opportunities is like it's pretty fucking awesome you know and i i think that's really cool like what you guys are doing is just makes my heart happy (laughs) it's my little two cents right there that always reminds me of, like, one of my favorite sayings is they tried to bury us not knowing we were seeds. Like, you know, like you said, those walls and those barriers were put up way before we were even here. But um, I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I get a lot of, like, thank yous for my shows and stuff. But I wouldn't have my shows if it wasn't, one, if there wasn't a need. And two, if I didn't already know that, like, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to say, like, I knew that there was a need, so somebody has to be the person to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's scary to me sometimes because it's, person, yeah. yeah, dude, it's new. Like, you, it, there, I've, in the last, I started throwing my shows in September of last year, and, dude, I'm already at, like, 10 events. Like, that's how, that's how crazy it's been, and that's how many or that's how much of a need there is here. Like, there's so much culture, and I feel like it's almost gone to the point where it's been covered for so long, like, it's about to explode. Like, people need stuff to do. Yeah, like, a lot of people are suffocating, and I, I saw that firsthand. Like, between Yadira and I, we have all, I feel like every single person that we are friends with are creatives somehow. We have friends who make t-shirts friends who like repaint skateboards friends who are graffiti artists friends yeah. who are dancers like rappers djs producers photographers like it, the list goes on and on and not even talking about the sub genre and whatever kind of hybrid creatives there are right now like there's so much going on and so much potential and i don't know kind of i know this is kind of going left but i just felt like it was super necessary to start something. Oh, what I was getting at is I'm just thankful for the community that even though <laughs> that, like, it is scary. And like I said, most of my artists are first timers, but I wouldn't, there wouldn't be a social hour without the participants. So I just want to say, like, thank you to people like Yadira and other artists who are brave enough to come out and put themselves out there and be vulnerable and not only have to show their wall or their art, but like explain it to people in front of other people. Like that's crazy to me. So I don't know. I think it's great what you do. I appreciate you girl. I appreciate you. It's definitely like a group effort and I feel like our com this community is a baby, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like up to us to like teach it how to walk and like you know, teach it that, like, hey, if I see you out in public, like, we could have a conversation, like, there's no need to be, like, you know, like, separate, like, we're all into the same thing, and we're all, like, I feel like the support is really, like, 
it's needed, you know, like you say, because, you know, we all relate on so much and you would never know that unless you're like open or like opening to share. And I know socially it's like weird, like I'm not a social person at all. But when you like, you know, you're in a place with like like minded people, it definitely helps. And I feel like. And I also wanted to just jump in and say organizing is an art form in itself. I mean, thinking about all, I mean, you have to organize creative folks and like creative folks can be like some of the hardest people that kind of like get track down, try to get them here at a certain space, you know? Um, yeah, so like, I think that's an art form too and you're gifted. So uh, just keep, keep, keep in that, in that uh, process of uh, doing that stuff. So. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely a lot of what Brittany has been saying, like, has resonated with me, because, like, just like Jess, like, a lot of the work that I do, like, I don't share, like, people that want to see it, like, I, I hide it, like, whenever my boyfriend visits, he's like, oh, what's, like, your latest piece, and it's, like, it's hidden somewhere, like, you can never find it, it's, like, no one, no one has ever seen anything that I've ever done, and, like, even the work that, like, I have done for others, like, I won't, I won't charge them, because I don't see value in the work that I do, and so, like, it definitely, like, resonates with me, it's, like, it's, it's my art, so it's, like, a part of me that I'm giving up, you Definitely. know? Um, so, anyway, that was me being corny. <laughs> um, so, like, what are some of your guys' like, biggest influences and, like, inspirations? Mm, oh, sorry. I'm about to yell it. <laughs> 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 Mine are definitely, and I see this all the time, and I stand behind it, all the women before me, like... My mom, all my aunts, my grandma, both my great-grandmas, like, they're all givers and lovers and sharers, and they all did their part in the community before I even realized what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, everything I do is because of what I was taught, so. I love you, Mom. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of going off of what Britt's saying, like, I think I was telling you the other day, like, people have, like, this whole notion of, like, I'm self-made. Like, mm -hmm. no, you're not self-made, you know? It's important to, right? It's important to acknowledge and to honor those that came before us and, and those that walk the path that the struggle that we didn't have to, you know, our, our ancestors, our, our grandmothers that, you know, came to... Well, at least mine that came to this country not unwillingly really not wanting to but for a better life you know for my mother who supports me in every way possible like pushes me and like lets me live my life right while I'm still a mother she pushes me to continue to go to school to work and like without that like I always say my parents are my backbone and I don't know what I would do without them you know as far as like close people I would say like for sure I relate to Brittany with that it's like my mother she's my she drives me nuts <laughs> you know but she's my backbone and without her I wouldn't be who I am today for planting the seeds um into me but also like as far as like educate like not education wise but I have to give thanks and a major shout out to Professor Baru, Melanie Baru, I love you, um, because she gave me the language and the knowledge to everything that I was feeling and everything that I was experiencing. Like, oh shit, that's what that is. And you know, I think that's where like sociology just like, I just love it. And because of her, I, you know, she kind of get like paved the way for me, you know, like the, the road and 
she helped me through through a lot of things that I went through, you know, with my son's dad and, you know, what I, the relationship that I was um, going through in silence. And she, you know, she, um, she helped me out a lot. And I, she's one of my biggest inspirations. And I aspire to be half the women that she is one day, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got my game from a woman, got my name from a woman, you know. So um, I think also, too, I mean, yeah, I can definitely say there's a lot of strong women that I kind of um, want to give a in- shout out to because they were inspiring. Uh, Melanie Baru, you know, I met her when I was 16 years old, a little little guy from the West Side. And uh, I came to her with this idea, like, I want to help the hood and I want to do uh, do this this thing called coup i came up with this idea called coup when uh way back in the day and in french i don't know why i named it french i thought it was cool at the time i was taking a french class uh when i should have been taking spanish but anyways um (laughs) uh, you know i just wanted to get a group of people together that were like-minded and that wanted to take over um take over spaces in modesto and change it and like lo and behold like later like we got people in the room and I mean, I didn't organize this, but I mean, we're all organizing things together. And I think, you know, we're, we're taking over. This is a coup, um, our culture. And I think you guys are all inspirations. Um, you know, black Panther party, Fred Hampton, I think James Baldwin, uh, Mark, uh, Malcolm X. I think all these people have played a role, uh, in my life and, um, as well as my mom. And like, it's that micro, that macro, um, all these experiences that kind of just led up to um, what I do today. And uh, some days I wake up, I'm a little bit more of Martin Luther King status, and other days I'm a little more, more Malcolm X. And um, I think, or Tupac, you know? And so I think, and then, you know, shout out to Nipsey. You know, I think Nipsey is like one of, one of my greatest inspirations right now uh, because I wasn't connected to his music. I wasn't connected to those messages. And so now, um, you know, I got another... Uh, inspiration that you know too bad we can't be alongside this journey with anymore but um i think we can just definitely live on his like in his legacy and stuff so yeah i I don't know a lot of the stuff that you guys like talk about like really like hits home like you know um they try to bury us but they didn't know we were seeing it also reminds me of like my favorite band that i always talk about with these these ladies like my favorite song by them they always talk about i'm tough enough to be a flower like there's so much beauty in 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 being who I am, but there's also a lot of things keeping me rooted, a lot of things like feeding me, a lot of energies like coming at me to help me thrive and flourish. So like that's like I think I think it's definitely beautiful that you guys find inspiration like not through like superficial shit, but like through like the reality of life and stuff like that. <coughs> Want to add to that? <laughs> um, yeah, I think like. You know, people who say, like, oh, like, you know, I'm self-made. Like, I, I like, did it on my own. It's kind of like, again, no, you didn't. You, you didn't come here into this world by yourself. <laughs> um, it's more of just, like, you know, even when you say you are self-made, it's like you, you interacted with so many different influencers and, like, you know, your different spaces that made you into who you think you are, you know? Like, growing up, you know, I've always been the dark little brown kid. And even now, I'm still, like, that dark brown kid. <laughs> but, you know, I was very, I'm very whitewashed. I'm very, like you know in this again i call it trash american culture (laughs) because it's what it is just garbage like it's just you know it's whatever you know (laughs) and then like you know i always tell these girls i'm just like ethnic studies really like brought that light into my life the whole you know 
you really are just oppressed. <laughs> like, you know, being anything other than white, you're just oppressed your entire life. No matter if it's, like, small or big, it's just kind of like, holy fuck, you know, like, this isn't who I really am. This isn't who I, this isn't my full potential, you know what I mean? Like, again, like, with the art spaces, with, like, other things that are always, like, cast aside, is kind of like, okay, if these weren't cast aside, if they were as important as, like, math and, like, the sciences, it's just, like, not saying that those aren't important, you know, but, like, everything's important. If everything was, like, equally, like, at the same level, I feel like we'd all be at our, like, best selves. But since, you know, there's all, there's all these, you know, like, barriers and walls and, like, metaphorically and, like, literally, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. So, like, you know, you have, you know, our parents and, like, again, like, our ancestors and, like, everybody before us and then everybody now is just, like, made we, made we what? <laughs> made us who we are. And I think that's, I think that's pretty powerful, you know, to, like, to see, you know, your struggles of, like, other people, your friends, your family, and even yourself, you know, I know I wouldn't be here with, like, without, you know, the support and, like, love of everybody I've met and even, like, met now, it's just kind of, like, like, I wanted to give up, I wanted, I didn't even think I'd make it to college, I didn't think I'd graduate high school, you know, let alone gonna be in my senior year of college, like, to me, I'm still, like, in shock, like, that's fucking crazy, you know, little minority brown girl, like, what especially because like you know way under like I'm, I'm in like i'm part of the poor like economic status i'm just like damn i'm still here you know my sister's graduating tomorrow from college like first generation like that's that's insane like i know i'm gonna ball my eyes out like go erica Ooh. <laughs> but yeah so you know everything around us is just it, it's powerful in its own way like no matter how big or small so i think that's pretty cool <laughs> 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 okay, so um, I relate to everything that you said, and I feel like <sighs> try. So I told Alex I wasn't gonna get all spiritual when I came in here, but I feel like there's there's no way to um, honor our ancestors by staying oppressed. You know, like that's why I said like the bravery has to come through, like. Like I said, throwing shows is, it can get super scary. Like, I'm doing it on my own. I don't have a mentor. I don't have a coach. Like, my first show, I was, like, pissed because I went, oh, I went on the Modesto Art Walk. I'm like, here we go. But I went on the Art Walk, and when I took that walk, there was nothing but white people. Literally every single artist was white crazy like a whole like how and the whole ass event and every single person was white like and i this is my first time going to it but i don't know if you guys ever been but it's downtown and they open up uh like local restaurants and stuff like that and um artists are allowed to come and they can put out their work i don't really know how it goes so if you want to be a part of it reach out to the city of modesto but um I, we got to some of the galleries downtown were open, and I went inside of them with my friends who are all brown women. Um, like, we weren't even acknowledged. Like, really? it was me and Kimmy. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say names. But <laughs> 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 just no last like, names, no last names. Okay, okay, yeah, but it was just like me and my girls, and they had wine and stuff. We just started pouring our own wine. Like, they pretended like we weren't even in the building, and... It hurt me so much. I was so pissed. I started crying. Like, I'm still being ignored in 2019. I'm not even being acknowledged. Like, they don't know who I am. What if I came in there with money? Like, 
Yeah, like, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, it felt mad disrespectful. So I got sued. Me and my friends went out, and we were at Birkin, and we were all drinking. And I was just like, fuck that. I'm going to throw my own art shows. Like, just that's how. Yo, respect, though. Like, you know, like who's going to show us if not us? Exactly. Because like, exactly. ain't nobody else going to do it. Exactly. So it's like, you know, I I know my role in life, and I know that. You know, for my future children, I know I'm going to be an ancestor. So, like, I know what I'm here to do. And if you don't do that while you're here, whether it's as in as an artist, as a designer, as a football player, as a ballerina, as a, a firefighter, like, if you don't give yourself that opportunity and if you don't even try, like, you're not doing your ancestors or the people before you. You're not doing your parents who came here to give you a better life. Like, I feel it, it's a bummer because I feel like a lot of cultures, you know, their parents come here and their parents were sold the American dream. Like, you have to go to work. You have to be blue collar. So a lot of people of color, we get stopped before we even get a chance because we don't know that those opportunities exist. Most famous artists are white, at least the ones I've seen. To, I mean, I, I know there's artists of color that exist. I would imagine that there's some that exist, you know. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, like, these walls, even the mental walls, they were placed and built here and structured before we even got here. So it's our job to do the damn thing and open up doors and put lay down paths. They stopped, and we got to finish them. Somebody got to finish it, you know? Okay. I had to. Yeah, go off. Y'all <laughs> feel free to go off. Yeah. <laughs> Art and community work are all forms of resistance in one way or another. And, like, like you were saying, like, we look up to our elders, but we are elders to others. And it's it's our job to, like, set that example, pave that way, to, to lay the foundation for them to not face the same shit that we face, like, on the daily. Breaking cycles. Exactly. Breaking <laughs> okay. cycles. And I like how you said it. Always starts at the first. So. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Shout out <Brittany>. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like kind of going off what Brittany said about like being what you feel like necessarily what you're meant to be, you know? Like I feel like you definitely found your calling and like you said, it just kinda came up, you know, and snuck up on you and I feel like going back to the biggest influence influences that takes me to my influences which have been my teachers I do want to be an art educator because I do feel like art is taught in a certain way like you said we go to school we learn about like the European artist and like a certain point of history but they don't show none of like you know really like we, you don't see like as much African like artwork as you would see like European like French work you know yeah. just for example we I've never seen like anything like Aztec or anything Inca nothing related yeah. to like my culture or what I identify with in school so I feel like we are like you said we're, we're breaking through these walls and we're getting that college education and we're really gonna see that I feel like we are that shift in getting like brown people and like people of color and even like women like we're at a record number with women in senate and like i feel like that we're at a really important part of history where we're taking that step forward and it's being resisted but like i feel like 
we are the change that's going to happen. You know, our parents are migrants and whatever background we have, but we're getting that college education to where it's going to like fuse together and be like, okay, now I, I have the position and I have the education to like educate other people or, you know, even just like inspire someone in the smallest way. Um, so I feel like teachers definitely are underrated. Want to give that shout out. Um, they do a lot. Definitely. And even like, I haven't even been inspired as much from my college teachers as I have like my high school teachers. So I feel like it's important and it just so happens that I'm good at art. So that's what I want to teach. But I feel like teachers are like the really important. Like we, they're so slept on, you know. Um, you said something that like stuck with me. Um, is even like as a Latina and even being like brown complected, I still hold a place of privilege. And it's important to recognize that privilege. Um, one, I'm in higher education. I am a citizen. I, you know, I know the language. So I need, what am I gonna do with that privilege? So what am I gonna give back to my community? You know what I mean? So like that's really important to me is that I acknowledge that yeah, I have my struggles, and yeah, I have my daily microaggressions, you know, because I'm walking in with my sneakers and my hoops on, you know, proudly, usually with my red lipstick, and I don't care, right? Exactly. Minding my business. But, but I, you know, yeah, I, I try to do it proudly and just be myself and walk proudly with who I am, but it's important that. I also acknowledge that I am privileged and I need to do something with it, some something good with it. So yeah. So what has been the process for you to develop your art slash community work and how do you seek out opportunities? My process is very all over the place. Sometimes I'll just like close my eyes and I see something and I'm like, oh, I have to draw it or like, you know, cause I'll forget or it just, it's different on paper, you know? Um, pretty much it always goes the same though. I try to find a balance between like creating what my soul wants to create in, in a very like fluid, um, like manner, you know, not paying it, but I still, as an artist, like obviously I've been, I have like training and education as an artist. So I do have like some basic skills and I feel like I also want to use that because it's something I'm passionate about, like studying art as like an aesthetic philosophy. I feel like it's kind of like you, you're in between always, you know, like, why are you creating? Like, what are you trying to say? And you can't oversaturate your idea with, like, making it too obvious, you know? It's, like, very... So I feel like my process is always, like, I meditate all the time, and I, like, have, like, my music, you know, 420. <laughs> it's always a part of it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like... I try to keep my process very like meditative and stress-free so I feel like when I'm creating it's because I want to and because it's going to make me feel like relaxed or more connected with myself um, above everything else. Like I feel like what you do needs to be for you whether it's like working out or reading, you know, whatever you're reading. Even the stuff you look at on Instagram, it can't be like, you know, things that are going to feed negatively. So I feel like art is one of my good habits so I try to like nurture that um but yeah the process is varies for the most part yeah, relative. 
I feel like my process is forever changing. Like, um, like I said, my first idea came from me being like mad and wasted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, but then like sometimes I'll. I'll be doing something and then I'm like, oh, this would be really cool if I did this with a group of people. Like, and the most selfish way my events and my parties come from me wanting specific individuals all to myself at the same time in the same place. So it, it's kind of just like whatever I'm in the mood for. Like, if I want to dance, I know I'm going to throw a cool party. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw a party. Or if I feel like, um, like the Selena show, I feel like we are in the Central Valley and there is no Selena festival or there's no Selena anything. Like, that's crazy to me. It's crazy. You would think. Like, the closest shows, I think, were there's one in, like, San Jose, one in Fresno, and then one in Oakland. I'm like, the Central Valley, I'm pretty sure. Is Selena from Central Valley? Yeah, she's from Texas. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> felt like I have a lot of friends who could have benefited from being at an event that represented their culture the best that I could, you know what I mean? Like, without really being disrespectful, I just tried to do my best to feed the need. That's it, how. It's paying homage to yeah. some, somebody our generation really looks up to and is inspired by. Who. Yeah, and even, like... I don't know. My mom and all her girls like Selena. Like <laughs> everybody likes Selena. So, yes. No, I don't know. I just go by the need. I don't really have a process. Just wing it. I feel like also, you know, paying to that need because again, like what George was saying, you know, it's people who don't even realize that they need it need it. You know, it's yeah. kind of it's crazy how many people I've talked to and they're kind of like. You know, they don't realize, like, especially in education, it's very Eurocentric. And, like, you kind of mention, like, oh, you know, there's this and this and this. And everybody's like, what? Like, what do you mean I'm oppressed? What do you mean, like, what what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, son, whoever you are. <laughs> Bro, like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever you identify as, you know, party people, man. Like, the things that you, like, you have to unlearn to learn again. Like... Yes, <laughs> mic drop. Not literally; these are expensive. <laughs> but um, like, you know what I mean. Like, you gotta like decolonize everything that you know, because once you do that, you see everything for what it is. Like, and that shit fucking sucks. But like, that's the reality check that everybody needs. And even like, you know, we've talked about it in like previous episodes when someone's like they ask a question and you're like that's not my job and it's like no but like it is your job like you know like what you're saying like we're privileged people who are like higher like education you know people who like know stuff that someone else doesn't know like don't be a dick don't be like hey like that's not my job like no it's not your job but you can be a decent person and be like hey you know this this is the best of my ability i'm gonna let you know what i know and then you know go go seek out these other like informational websites or whatever source of knowledge you know like just just Send out, that, I don't know what they're trying to say, that link or whatever. You're like, don't shut it down because then that, that makes people not want to learn. That makes people shut themselves out or away or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, just. Oh, sorry. Girl, go off. I'm not going to stop. I think what you were trying to get to, go, I'm going, I know I'm talking about her a lot, but she taught me, she told me this. It's like, what good is education if it doesn't go beyond the institutional walls? Mm. 
So it's, yeah, what you're saying is like, you know, like we need to humble ourselves and take back what we learn to back to our communities because knowledge is power. And that's something that no one can ever take from you. You know what I mean? That's why like, I try to advocate to like educate yourself because it's not about like the degree. It's not about all that bullshit, right? It's about having that knowledge to use it to your benefit, to, to pimp the system. You know, going back to Ms. Drew, you know, if you don't pimp the system, the system's going to pimp you. So you got to, you know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. I just, I, you know, I had to, like, say that really quick because I feel like that's what you're trying to, like, get at, you know? <laughs> uh, I think for me, uh, the question is about ins- inspiration or the yeah. process. Uh, my process um, my process includes music, um, vibrations. I love vibrations, vibrations from music, vibrations from people. Um, you know when you're welcome, when you walk into a space and you feel the vibrations. Um, and there's some really strong vibrations in here, by the way, um, by both the people and the music that's playing <laughs> in the background. Um, so in that sense, um, whenever I'm trying to do anything, it's always vibrations of people, vibrations of music. Um, and then also in those times where the vibrations is a little too much, uh, getting out to nature, grounding myself, um, is really key in my process. Um, so yeah. Can I just say, when you started talking about decolonizing, I was like, okay, now I feel comfortable. Because at first, when we were driving up, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like. I got a, Brittany has to like, I, I speak in third person. Have you been That's nervous the whole got, time like, up, to, up to now? Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> you know, I started talking about yeah. the city of Modesto and then like white people. And I'm like, once I get started, yeah, once I get started. <laughs> I start going, Chris. So thanks for giving no, me the okay the kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like again, this space, all of us, this podcast is meant for awareness. It's meant to bring mm-hmm. that that light to you know shit that people don't know and people that who don't want to know. We're gonna make you know anyway. Like you know what? <laughs> no. You're gonna listen even if you don't want to listen. Like we say some stupid shit, but then we say some real shit, and like it circles back. Like I say all the time, it circles back. Yes. I'm, I'm here to drop some knowledge and run in my mouth. That's all. That's all. That's always what my point is. Yeah. We always drop in knowledge. Yeah. Yes. I mean, adding to the decolonizing like conversation, it's like well, as we read in the book, like um, the colonizer and the colonized. Yeah. Like education is like the most important, like one of the most important factors of decolonizing. You have to go back to your truth, your roots. You have to go back to everything that's left from what was destroyed from by the colonizer but in, the most important part is that you have to heal because once you start realizing all of the shit that's been done to like you your people and all the all the like aftermath that's resulted in the oppression that you're facing daily it's detrimental to you and your spirit and your your soul so it's always so important to heal and like find spaces like social hour or like shades of brown events or like the art that people like share like you have to like it's always important to find those spaces and find those resources and people to help yourself heal because people need other people. So, Can I add on? Um, yes, queen. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to bring up two things that we were talking about, but it, it all circles back. Yeah. Always <laughs> so, to find y'all. 
um, when Yadi was talking about like European art and stuff being shown, and we don't ever see like Aztec art or African art, like it's crazy because for us and our ancestors, like art was language, like that was communication. That's how they spoke to each other. That's how they, you know, did everything. And I feel like it. It's super important to tap into your roots and to tap into that because at the end of the day, like education is important and schools teach, okay, the school, I feel like schools teach what is, um, what's gonna work out for America in the end. You know what I mean? To like keep it running. But our ancestors, when you tap into your roots, like tapping into that shit is gonna teach you survival skills. Like, our people were builders, they were medicine men and medicine women, and like way more important shit than you would learn in like an institution. It, <laughs> I know, but um, I feel like it's important to heal, to unlearn, relearn, <laughs> and then teach again <laughs> to, to find that community and when you find it and you feel those vibrations like get past the fear and introduce yourselves and you know like Yadi said get to know each other um, with social art what I try to do is I believe in like a village mentality like Shades of Brown and I are trying to do the same thing there's no reason for us to tear each other down you know what I mean or stop each other or like we're not trying to compete like they sponsored and helped me with my last event. Like, I I think it's cool. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the same exact people that go to my stuff are the same exact people that go to your events, the same people who are your friends or the same people who are my friends. So it's like a com once you, like, release that fear and let that open up that shell. I don't know. I have too many uh, things I'm trying to say but I don't know once you let go and just release I feel like you will find that community and you just have to kind of know yourself first I hope that all did that circle back yeah. Yeah. Right, cool yeah, okay yeah. thank you thank you I just want to add a little thing um you know when you were mentioning the whole vibrations thing I felt that so hard I was just like I know I know what that means like I know what, like how that feels you know you walk into a room and like you're either welcomed or you're mm -hmm. not you know you feel that energy like heavy you know people are like what the fuck do vibes mean i'm like what do you mean like what you know energy you know like people you know, people who aren't like very into like spirituality and like even then like i'm not very like in i don't even know what that means but you know like, you, there's just certain things you know you know like you can't really like explain it but um people are like like you know, what are you talking about and it's like you know again like back to the whole like you're either welcome or you're not so you know this space coming in like i felt like every time you guys like walked in through that door i was like that's a good person. That's a good person. Like, there was no negative energy. You know, y'all, like, we was all, we was chilling. You know, we were just joking. We are laughing. And you're like, I know, like, you were nervous, but I I could feel that you you wanted to, you know, break that bubble, whatever we want to call that. Like, you know, like, because I was like, you know what? She's nervous, but you, you I know, like, you, again, your smile. You're, like, just happy. Happy vibes. You know, and then I just, you know, Negative energy is very draining, you know. Like again, like, you got to go back. You have to heal yourselves. Like, I again, like I, I like bringing it back to you know, I was in a very dark place. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still healing. I'm still recovering. But it's like, I didn't. I hated feeling like that. I hated, you know, isolating myself. I hated feeling alone. 
I still don't like that. You know, there's still some times where I'm just like, you know, I beat myself down, and then it's just like, why, why am I doing that to myself? You know, like, you know, there's people that care about me. There's people who would do like anything for me, but it's just like sometimes it doesn't feel like that. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like you're you're out there all alone, but then it's like, you know, you take a step back, you self-reflect, and you're just like, okay, these people really care about me. You know, they wouldn't want to see me like be like this. They wouldn't want me thinking like this. And so it's like again, the whole like the vibes and the vibrations. It's just like that shit like it really affects who you are it affects how you think and like how you react and it's just you know some people are like oh like you know why you were so happy the other day like why are you upset now and it's just like sometimes I can't be the happy person all the time sometimes you know like I remember (laughs) I remember like um this sidetrack like again circles back circles back (laughs) you know I there was like this thing with like a friend and they had said something to me and I don't know why but like I shut down it like threw me off so bad I I had went to class I was freaking out my anxiety was like really bad I wanted to cry I was like why am I feeling like this you know like this this shouldn't happen to me and then I had started I like like was texting my sister and I was like dude it's so hard trying to be happy all the time and my and my other friend she had like we're all in like group chat whatever she's like you can't expect that role for yourself like that's too high of a role for you to play and I'm like but it's so like I got you know like obviously like you can't be everybody's savior but it's like I always have that that high like what is it what is it? what's the word that weight on my shoulders I always have that you know like and like nobody put it there I put it there myself you know like I put it there yeah girl I got you <laughs> um well, same wavelength <laughs> and like you know and she's like you can't expect so much of yourself you know if you know that people aren't gonna give you that same energy in return or like half that you know but I'm just like that's just who I am you know I I can't turn myself away I can't like okay maybe they did something shitty to me I'm not type of per- I'm not that type of person to be like you know what fuck you I'm gonna be like no you know what what can I do to help you to understand us you know like that's that's me and I feel like that's why I'm always so like mentally drained <laughs> and like physically drained I call them energy vampires it's a real thing it's a real thing you know and so you know that's why People are like, well, you, sl- you sleep so much and da da da. And I was like, yeah, because y'all draining the fuck out of me. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> Damn. Like, being around y'all, like, I love it, but shit. <laughs> tired. You know, like, but you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's why I'd be feeling sometimes. So, protect your energy. Yes. Protect your energy, share your energy, but also revive your energy. <laughs> and yeah. I got a little something nerdy to say. Um, I don't know if y'all watch Naruto at all, but like, <laughs> I've. <laughs> So like, I feel. You triggered people. <laughs> so uh, hold on. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like uh, I feel like Naruto in the sense that like I feel like my energy is like this huge, unlike huge, I don't know, container full of it. Like some people got a different level of energy, right? Like so they need yours, and so I was just thinking about it in that sense, like. I give out energy all day. Like, I just feel like vibrations everywhere. Because, number one, I built that reserve for myself through my, my mentality. Um, shout out to all the folks who invested in me. Um, but also, too, is, like, I sleep a lot. I give out a lot of energy, and I sleep a lot. So, like, that's that's part of that healing process. So don't feel bad if you got to sleep. Um, yeah, like, I think, I think, I mean, there's this idea of, like, it's okay not to be okay. But then I'm going to follow that up with, like, what work are you doing? to get yourself out of that position. So, um, you know, those two thoughts. But be like Naruto. <laughs> I'm going to have to start watching it because I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen it. So I'm like, I'm a DBZ girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of episodes. 
Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it's like insane. I'm just gonna say I started watching Naruto at like 13, and uh, I'm still watching it today. So like. I started watching Naruto when I was like in elementary school when it was like popping out on Friday nights. Like me and my brothers were like, we would like wait. It was like, oh my god, they didn't air the episode. We were so mad if they didn't. If they just missed one, they were like missed one a weekend. It would be so mad. But and then I finished it at the end of senior year of high school. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I had to read. Like I couldn't wait for the episodes. I had to read. <laughs> Shows are probably my longest commitment, so I understand. <laughs> I will not argue. <laughs> <laughs> What's important is that you're passionate and we support it. Exactly. That's what yes. It makes you happy when you start happy. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, what have been some of your guys' toughest moments? Like, biggest obstacles? <laughs> so I think this one's a, a, t a tough one for us. I think we started as a trio. Um, and I don't know. Are we doing like individually or like as a collective? Let's double team it. Double team it? <laughs> yeah. Because like my toughest moments are like, I mean, that have built me right to who I am today in a sense. Anything and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything and everything. Yeah. Right on. Right on. <laughs> do you want to start it then? Um, or do you want me to start? Go ahead, start. Okay. Well, so um, I was supposed to include myself. I'll talk about it later because I know we have another question in regards to this, but I was supposed to include myself in my um, photo series that I did, but I wasn't ready. But I think it's time to like share a little bit like of who I am and like what's built me. Um, to be the woman that I am today. Whoa, my heart's are racing. <laughs> right? Um, so, yeah, um, it goes back to, you know, um, what I had mentioned earlier, the relationship that I had with my son's father. Um, I was in a relationship with him on and off for four years. Um, it was a domestic violence relationship. Um, I was at the lowest point in my life. Um, I was not the Christina you guys see today. I was the complete opposite. I was broken. I was shattered. Um, and I was alone. I felt so alone. I didn't have anyone to um, share what I was experiencing with besides, you know, that little safe space that I had, the hour and a half that I had with Miss Baru. Um, and that's like, that was lecture maybe like two week, two days out of the week. Um, but it was very difficult. Um, you know, it's something that you don't know what it feels like until you walk it, right? Because, like, there's that people that have never gone through it are that have little knowledge behind it or that lack the empathy or the compassion. They're quick. The quickest answer is, like, well, why is she with him? Like, she must like it or, you know, it's just ignorant statements like that, right? And it has nothing to do with that. Um, like, these things completely shatter you and break you. And it's easy to get stuck in the vicious cycle. And so for me, like the breaking point was when, um, you know, I was sitting in my car. It was a rainy day in October. 
Um, I went to go to talk to him because at that point I was very just done and drained. And um, I was sitting there, and next thing I know, I my face is damaged, half of my face. I, he, he punched me in the face, and he shattered my cheekbone. Uh, my face instantly became, you know, like inflamed. Um, I was held, he held me hostage for a couple hours. Uh, very hostile, very, I'm gonna kill you, I know where your family is, don't, don't, you know, don't go here, don't go there. Like, I, I know, he knew everything about me, right? And so, I thought I was dead. I was, I'm like, I'm dead, that's it. You know, because he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to throw you in that dumpster. Um, you're going to go to the cops. Just all these things, right? And he was making me drive around Modesto with a fucked up eye um, with my son in the back seat. Um, and so I told, like, survival mode, just like, it was fight or flight, right? So survival mode kicked in for me, and it's like, okay, Christina, you're trying to get out of here. You better fucking put on, put on a smile on that face and pretend like you're good. And so that's what I did. I um, started telling him, like, I'm okay, like, it's fine, like, I'll text you when I get home, like, we're good, we're good, we're good. And so it worked, he let me go, um, I went home, I went to the hospital, my mom went with me, my mom was completely devastated, of course, um, we lied to the doctors, <laughs> I just, I was very afraid at that time to press any form of charges, because he was involved in, in some type of shit, and like, I didn't, I didn't want to put my family's life at jeopardy, or my son's. And so I let we I left that, left that relationship, but it was very hard. That's the fucked up part, right? It was still very hard for me to walk away from that, even though I knew I didn't deserve that, and I knew that I didn't, I shouldn't, and why would I even, why would anyone, right, want to be in that? It was hard for me to still walk away from that because that's all I fucking knew. That was like some sense of like relationship and like all these other factors like came with it. Like, oh, like are you never gonna give your, like, your son a father figure? Like you had your parents, like how dare you take that away from your son? And like, well, like he loves you even though like he says that you're ugly and you're this and you're that. So just stay, right? It was easier. So it, as like fucked up as it sounds, it was still hard for me to leave that. And so I did. And I was very blessed and fortunate that I was able to get out of that. And um, it's been about three years, I want to say now. And I have full and sole custody of my son. Luckily, you know, he's not in our lives. Um, he's far away from us, thank God. And uh, that's been one of the biggest obstacles and toughest things I had ever had to encounter because... I think some of, like, these things, like, my sister doesn't even know, you know, this shit. Like, my Anna doesn't even know. Like, my mom, my cousins barely found out that he was abusive towards me. And they're like, what? And so it was, I was dealing with this in silence. And it's, it's hard. It was the lowest point of my life. But I'm, I also always, you know, I, I think the creator and the universe for putting me through what I went through because I wouldn't I wouldn't have been the person that I am today so I'm grateful for the experience and I'm grateful for what I lived because it's it's humbled me and it's it's made me it's it helped me take that road into becoming the woman that I am to be or and I still ha I still have I still want to be you know so much more but it, it really you know set set the tone for me I guess you could say 
and uh, thank you guys for listening to that <laughs> and making this yeah making the 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 space feel very safe um it's definitely something that i i've been wanting to share and i think i it was i'm ready for it and yeah yeah props props to you um i was growing up i was essentially your son in that situation and so i know like fucking you're you're a hero you're a fucking hero so uh, uh in that sense i think internally my my challenge with uh, shades of brown um and in general i mean as a leader as someone who wants you know tries to make a, be- a difference and an impact in the community um is oftentimes myself in terms of my vision my vision i have a strong vision for what i want to see happen in our neighborhoods and our communities um and if i'm not careful i can um over overpower other visions um then that may not be my own um you know cuz i care about what happens to um the central valley to modesto uh politically um how our neighborhoods are are planned and executed um in terms of um housing affordability and um the fact that we don't have grocery stores with healthy and healthy and uh, affordable options um in our neighborhoods um and all of those things and i think shades of brown plays a key a key component in in what i want to do because if you can activate the creativity in somebody you can activate their political will and their political mindset um and so i think for me like checking myself checking my vision and making sure that i'm always a leader who is listening a leader who is um number one trying to not guide folks but walk this path with other people um and so yeah that's that's my biggest challenge um and i would you know I, a little bit about you know collectively uh Christine and i our biggest challenge was um we started we started out as a trio we had um a third partner in uh in this in this uh journey that we started off with and i think when you talk about colonization and oppression in regards to the arts um we didn't have the same vision um i think i take this take take what we're doing um very radically um and that means inclusivity um because i know that just because there are other folks of different colors i know that we are all pros, uh, oppressed because of capitalism and these things are economic um and it's structured to make us go against one another and so i think because of those I, ideologies that made that have been that created a, di- a different vision for what we wanted to see we lost um we lost one of our partners and um and so yeah i think that was one of our biggest challenges in losing somebody and kind of figuring out how to move forward after that cuz they played a key, they played a key role in um and how we organize as a as a group so uh and that just happened very recently so it was it was intense uh but yeah so those are those are our challenges I think I think my biggest challenge is I'm going to go ahead and hop on Christina's train here and like open up um I got a DUI which was very like you know one of those things that you don't think it's going to happen to you until it does. Luckily, I didn't like hurt myself or anyone else and I would never sit that I would never think that I'm going to sit here and be like, "Oh, I'm glad I got a DUI." But I am because I don't want to think about where I would be if I didn't because I was like, you know, just 
bad, like, self-medicating. I was, like, always depressed, always sad. So I would just go out to drink. I work, I bartend downtown, <coughs> downtown, so I could literally just walk across to the bar, you know. So that was a very, like, like you said, a cycle, an easy cycle to get caught into because I would just feel like, oh, like, if I drink, I won't, like, think about it. But then you wake up the next day, you feel like shit, and then, you know, it just keeps on going. So luckily I had, like, that was something that really made me, like, grow up and be like, okay, like, this is a direct consequence of my actions. Like, I wanted to feel bad for myself, and I wanted to be sad. And for a while it did put me, like, even lower, you know, because I couldn't drive, I couldn't, like it's super expensive like and I had all these plans and I just felt like that kind of was like a huge reality check for me so I had to kind of like reassess and be like okay well now I have to fix this huge mess that I made and it kind of like like you said it takes being that low to be like okay like something has to change and even though our situations are like completely different you know and just kind of have to be like because it is easy to just like I have friends that are, like, on their third or fourth one, and I'm just like, okay, no, like, I can't let that be me. I can't, like, I think making that change and sometimes being like, okay, no, this isn't what I want is, like, probably the hardest thing in making that change. So, yeah, don't drink and drive. It's unsafe <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of going to, like, hop off of what you're saying. Um when I met, like, when I was saying, like, I'm grateful for the experience, it's, like, although, like, I had this, like, conversation with my best friend, she would always be, like, nah, he's a piece of shit, he's this and that, and I'm, like, yes, but what I take away from it is that I hold myself accountable for how I, like, in a sense, not put myself in that situation, but I hold myself accountable to see, like, okay, Christina, I, I do a lot of self-reflection now, and especially in the type of work that I do. Um, I, I take a step back, and I'm like, what could you have done differently, right, in, the, in those moments, in those situations? So now I was telling Juan the other day, I'm trying, like, how what I've been trying to do of, like, this journey that I'm on is, like, am I reacting or am I responding? And so I... I I try to remember these components and, like, remember, like, I hold myself accountable. Like, although it was 90% him, you know, maybe 10% of it was me. And, like, I need to change that. And, like, that's kind of, too, like, why I've been single for so long because I really needed to focus on myself and use these years to figure out who the hell I am and what I want and to value myself and to love myself because I wasn't loving myself. I, you know, and it wasn't until recently where I was I'm doing that work where it's like I'm trying to like love myself and put myself first before anything and anyone. Um, don't think it was you. It was a stage in your life because I feel like the Christina that I know right now is amazing and awesome. And I feel like you've probably been there the entire time. That experience just opened up a different part of you. But anywho. Um, I feel like, oh, dang, okay, I haven't really told a lot of people, but everybody else is being all brave right now, so, <laughs> damn, like, that privilege, you know, like, okay, so, okay, so, thanks, about, like, maybe three weeks now, I quit my job, like, it was a really big company, probably, like, the, oh, God, I'm trying not to cry, it was the biggest job I've ever had and I'm so grateful and I've learned so much but I felt like I was being held back and I wasn't being authentic like I felt like 
I don't know you I don't know how many people consider themselves woke I don't like to consider that but thank you once you have that like realization or that enlightenment I feel like you can't go back and I just felt like I woke up and I realized who I was and I couldn't let like another company or some old white man tell me what I can and can't do and who I'm going to be and who I'm not going to be. So, oh, my gosh, I just said that out loud. I haven't really told anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided um, to solely depend on my events now and my shows, and I am put all my money on myself, and that has been scary as hell. It's still scary, but, yeah, it's the toughest thing I'm going through right now. I haven't even told my mom, you guys. (laughs) I know, I know. Everybody's face is like, oh, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, that's been tough. Being an adult and being conditioned, like, you have to have, like, a regular paying job and somebody has to give you a paycheck every two weeks or once a month. And, like, you have to have benefits. Like, I'm about to not have benefits in a little bit, y'all. That's crazy. Like, that's scary as hell. And... I don't know. I just bet on myself because I know I'm a win. Yeah, I'm taking a chance. So right now, that's the, yeah, badass. Thank you, thank you. So like right now, that's the toughest thing I'm going through. I feel like I could say like racism and oppression, but I'm past that. I'm like nobody, nobody can stop me now. So I'm yeah. like that doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. So I just decided to like relearn, and like I said, our ancestors had skills. You know, like, our ancestors didn't have W-2s, <laughs> like, health benefits. Like, they took care of themselves. They fed, they fed themselves. So, like, I just, I've, I've became reliant on, off of me. So, that's tough. You want to learn about yourself? Quit your job. You'll see how, like, <laughs> you'll see how disciplined you are. You'll find out, like, if your ass is willing to wake up at a certain time or if you want to get up or get dressed, like, shit is scary and it's hard but i love it you're amazing thank you thank you thank you you. did you guys catch that on the microphone i don't think so (laughs) hi i'm back (laughs) never left but (laughs) um nah i what you know what you were saying your you know your past relationship i felt that you know that was something i saw with my mom and her ex and it was Dude, that shit's hard to fucking leave. Like, I don't really like talking about it, but that shit. Ooh, I get so pissed. I get raged. But, you know, he he put her through so much shit, you know. Not even, like, not, like, violence, but, like, you know, like, emotional abuse, you know. Like, like nobody's going to want you. Like, you're out here. You're doing these things. And I'm like, like, that's my fucking mom. Like, why would you, you know, like, she, you know, would do anything for you, and you would fucking just, like, say that shit. It would hurt seeing, like, your parents, you know, like, they do anything for you, and to see someone else tear them down, it's like, that's, it hurts, and you can't do anything, and it sucks. And, you know, like, if she wasn't happy, he wouldn't let her have, like, any friends, you know, she, he was like, you're a liar, this, you're that, and I'm just like, that's not my mom, you know, like, we would just go out, she would literally just be like me and my sister and her, like, would go out, and he's like, you're out, you're, you know, you're fucking these guys, you're doing this, you're doing that, and I was like, 
like how how like sick in the head do you have to be to think those things you know like and finally i was just like you know what i'm tired of you saying this shit to my mom and like maybe it's been like two three years now i i was like you know what she doesn't want to be with you like get the fuck out you know you're you're the one who's worthless you're the one who's selfish and like doesn't care about anyone but yourself you know you're the one who's doing these things and you're so like up the ass about yourself that you don't see the damage you're doing to her to me to my sister to our family you know like our family like doesn't really talk to her and like it hurts to not see that bond anymore and it's it's so tough to be like you know that that person has to like hold everything together and it sucks because they're like oh you know we're so proud of you you helped your mom but it's like Who's there to help me, you know? Like, who's there to help my sister or any of us? But no one's really there, and it sucks, you know? But she's not with him anymore, and, like, it's better now, but it's still, like, it's still a healing process. It's still something you have to live with, and, like, you know, she's still, like, I still, you know, I still remember those things, like, because it wasn't just, like, a short period of time. Like, he's, he was there for so long, and, you know, he didn't just say shit to her, but he said shit to me and about my sister and about us and, like, just talking the utmost, like, disgusting things. And I'm like, again, what kind of person are you to say those things? Like, who who gave you that right? Who even, again, I don't even know, you know, and he's just he's just someone who's, like, not even worth it anymore. But, again, like, you know, the damage he left, the shit that's still healing and, like, you know, that won't go away. It's still going to be there. It, it hurts and, it, you know, it's hard to leave a fucking situation like that. And so finally, like, having, you know, to let, helping, like, my mom get out of that was something that was, like, <laughs> that shit was so hard because, you know, like, I'm just a fucking kid again. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, like, having to, you know, my mom's, like, she like, this big. She's small. <laughs> and it was just, it hurt. You know, there was, you know, there was times, where, like, they'd get into it. And she, one time, I remember, when I was, like, in, like, high school, she's literally, like, this four-foot-something woman, tiny. He was, like, this big dude and she came into our room crying hid behind me and my sister she's like literally hiding behind me and my sister and he's screaming at her and I'm just like do you not see what you're doing to her like this woman you know my mom who's been there for us through so much and you're she's literally hiding behind her two daughters you know kids for protection and like what kind of fucking man what kind of man what kind of person who does that you know like to make someone feel so less of themselves you know what I mean like it's it's such a hard fucking thing to see and like I'm just you know like she's like they're not together anymore but again like that shit buries that shit so deep but fuck dude it still hurts you know but yeah <laughs> oh, I was just about to say that no hurt people do hurt people and and, like, we've been talking about cycles this entire time, you know, and I feel like that's just a ugly-ass another type of conditioning that, like, you know, our people were taught. And, yeah, it is super normalized, like, because you have, obviously, people who are afraid to um, speak up or afraid to even help themselves or help the people that they're trying to protect. But, like, you did the right thing. You spoke up. Like, I, like I've said before, the rest of us, you know, we're all here doing this one day at a time. Like, I'm not trying to compare any of our stories or even, like, 
say that they're all the same or equal, but th everybody's situation is super scary, you know? And we don't really know how to guide ourselves. Our ego doesn't know how to guide ourselves out of it, but yourself knew how to guide yourself out of it. And you did what you were supposed to, and you knew what to do, and you did it, and you probably saved your life and her life and your sister's life so I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you and I know your mom loves you yeah, and I think this brings up you know the conversation about how do we change this I think as a parent um, I have an eight-year-old son and I think for me I, and Christina you're you're raising your own little boy um, and I think for me you know growing up in a domestic violence situation um, you know I teach my son compassion um, and teach him that, um, you know, that you, that there's another person that will probably be hurt as well in a situation, and it's about your integrity. It's about holding true to your values um, in all situations, and, you know, I don't know about some, some men. Some men are growing up, and they, they feel entitled to a woman's body. They feel entitled to make decisions for that woman, and, and that's, I, I, I put a stand to it because I, growing up, I know how that feels. I know how that feels to have a stepdad feel like he can put his hands on my mom. And I, you know, growing up, I think, um, you know, I, I want to change that cycle, like you said. And uh, definitely, I, I know that Julian, um, both Julians are going to grow up. Our, both of our sons are named Julian, by the way. Um, and so uh, I know both Julians are going to grow up better. And they're going to be men who change the world. And I think, you know, with Shades of Brown, I think, um, you know, in every aspect um, that I engage another male, another another youth, or whatever, I engage them with love, and I tell them that it's okay to love. These kids are growing up in resilient in resilient communities. They got to put on that front all the time, and I'm telling them, no, come here, give me a hug, bro. I got you. Don't even trip. Like it's okay to love each other, because uh, it's only through that that we stand together. So um, I just want to give y'all a shout out. Fuck machismo. <laughs> My heart is like. I know. <laughs> um, so with that, I just want to, um, I just want to go ahead and go through closing thoughts if everyone's okay with that. Um, does anybody particular want to start? Okay, if I could leave with any thoughts, it is: do not. We gotta stop letting people bury us and stop letting people tell us what to do. Like. This is not 100 years ago. This was not even 50 years ago. This wasn't even 10 years ago. Like, we're not doing this shit no more. You know? And back to everybody knowing their purpose and knowing your role. Like, if you feel like you know it, just live it. Because it's going to kill you even more to live somebody else's life or to live in the expectation uh, or live what other people expect from you. Because I was doing that for a long time. I still have to talk myself out of doing it. Like... I know people think I'm like crazy party person. I don't even like partying. I just, I, you know, I'm like a introverted, <laughs> ex exactly. I'm just out here. Like if you, if you see me, just say hi. And no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just don't be scared anymore. Cause once you realize everybody is just as afraid as you or everybody's just as nervous and we all out here doing the same thing, different times, different ways, like you'll be okay. Um, I would say for me, something that 
this pill I'm still trying to swallow um, is love yourself. Um, and it's really important. I think loving yourself is at the root of absolutely everything you do. And I try to remind myself that, like, I'm a true believer. I don't know if maybe this theory is already out there, but, like, that's why so many things fail, whether it's, like, a relationship, friendship, whatever it is. Like, if you're not loving yourself and, like, if you're not doing the work within yourself, how are you supposed to do that anywhere else, right? And so the revolution starts in you first. And so always remember to, if you haven't done the work or if you're doing the work, keep going. Um, and if you haven't started, start. Um, it's not easy, but it's worth it. So, yeah. um, last thoughts. I, I want to want to thank y'all for holding space. Uh, this was an intense conversation. Um, and then, secondly, I think uh, Shades of Brown. I think we're. I, I'm just gonna tell y'all where we're going. Um, I think in terms of, I think we we have great dreams for ourselves and our community and i think one way we're doing that is built by building um a sustainable model for funding uh we're gonna hopefully try to open a cafe um in west modesto um and that, that'll serve a huge need there's nowhere to go for youth to do their homework have some wi-fi to sit down chill experience culture look at some art on some walls look at people reading like that doesn't happen in the hood you don't see nobody reading in the hood like mm -hmm. I, and so I think, in general, I think we want to offer that space. And um, so hopefully soon you'll be able to see a cafe uh, popping up, hopefully. And if not, we'll just cre think of creative ways to uh, continue our work. Um, but then, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. And, um, it'll also be creative space. It'll also be a creative space. Yeah, 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 most of. I'm there. <laughs> um, so I also want to thank you guys for having us here and... I honestly didn't expect to it be you guys. When I walked in, I was like, oh, my God, familiar faces. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but I feel like that's also, like, you know, we know. I feel like we know each other, but we haven't gotten the opportunity to really sit down and, you know, like, exchange, even just exchanging energy, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's really important, and that's one thing I want to leave off with, just being true to what you feel. Like, if you feel like you see one of like the shades of brown um events or the social hour event and you feel like you want to go like come out you know it's an open like the community is only as open as we make it and if we like sit here and say like oh i don't know anyone or i'm scared i don't want to go out of my comfort zone like that already is holding you back mm -hmm. um i feel like for me i get the shakes before every show i get like nauseous feel like i want to throw up like second guess it up until the minute until i'm like okay no i'm doing it like i'm putting my stuff and I feel like that's really important and all of us are kind of trying to follow that voice, I guess, which is what I feel like we all know what we want to do and what we're meant to do. But everyday life makes it hard because you have bills to pay and there's that guilt whenever you feel like you do something that's not like on the agenda or you're not working towards like paying your bills or like I always feel it like if I'm painting and I'm like oh I have so much laundry like just little things like that I feel like sometimes you do need to just be like okay no like I'm doing this for me whatever I have to do is going to be there tomorrow um so I feel like like you said taking care of yourself and being true to yourself and you kind of have to create your own like happiness and your own like mojo pretty much and so I'm really happy that we all kind of get got to get together and share this experience. Yeah.
Uh, don't be careful. Stay dangerous, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to go? Go ahead. Um, after, like, hearing all you guys open up and stuff like that, like, we all have, like, our different stories and stuff. Like, everybody grew up differently. Like, for example, for me, I was growing up in, like, a broken home. Um, my parents are divorced. I told them, great, you guys are doing great. <laughs> Divorce it up. <laughs> um, I think uh, the only reason, I think it was just <coughs> that divorce didn't really hurt me because I knew, because I was, like, at the age of 14, like, I get it. It's not working out. I even, like, like, me and my brothers were here, like, the fights at night. I literally, I remember one night I walked out and I said, guys, just divorce. <laughs> and then my mom was like, mom was like, well, my mom was like in tears and stuff. Um, my mom was just like, I'm just going to wait until your brother, little brother Alonso. Probably should have said his, say his name, but um, yeah, she was just waiting for the little youngest one to like grow up and understand. And, but but yeah, it's like the divorce, it didn't hurt me, but because I knew it was the right thing. It was definitely the right thing. Um, I think my mom, my mom went through a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, my grandfather was very traditionalized. He was like, you get married, that's it. You're staying with that person forever. Like, there's no going back. And he's like, no daughter of mine, no son of mine is going to get divorced because that's not how it is. But I don't think that's like, yeah, I guess it's okay to be traditional, but, but like, the the year we're living in, like the year we're living in now, like LGBT community, all these the racism stuff and all that stuff, yeah, like uh, we're all getting past that. So like traditional is not even existing right now. It's like it's changing. It it's not changing. It's evolving actually. Yeah. So we're making we're making our traditional right now. Yeah. I just want to say, social, we are throwing um, a show in June. This will be my first out of town show. I'm very excited. It'll be held June 15th um, at this cool rooftop bar in Stockton. So I wanted to invite you guys to come. And um, I also wanted to invite any creatives out there, um, artists, photographers, vendors, if you're a writer, whatever your heart tells you to do, if you feel comfortable, holla at me, shower underscore on Instagram. Um, if you want to participate in the show, I'd be happy to have you guys out. Um, hi again. <laughs> um, so that got really heavy, but I think it was much needed, you know, again, gotta, gotta heal to come back stronger. Um, you know, I think it was really great having y'all here. Like, this was nice. I love that for our final episode, we just gotta, like, keep it local, keep it real, and, you know, just keep, like, building, you know? I felt, like, <laughs> sorry for the emotional breakdown, but, <laughs> you know, it was needed, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, just they going through it <laughs> but um you know i love that we've been able to keep up with this podcast like consistently like you know there's been like fucking bumps in the road but you know we here like we made it we made it to the end sadly you know but we love you we're gonna miss you Stop. <laughs> and don't cry because i'm gonna cry and then george is gonna cry <laughs> we're all gonna cry <laughs> um but you know 
I just, I love all the support we've had, and, you know, that's been given to us. And, you know, I love, you know, just everything we've done. Like, this this has been something I've been wanting to do. Like, you know, I, I have, like, you know, my influences and everybody. And, like, you know, we had this opportunity. I was like, yo, like, a podcast would be dope. And then, like, I had other like-minded folks who, like, wanted to do it. And then here I now with you awesome local people's great hearts, beautiful energies. Like, I'm just... I'm really sad. Like, oh, don't cry. It's so great. So look at you. But I just want to say, you know, this isn't the end. It really isn't, you know. Just the beginning. There's there's never an end. You know, there's always just more to come around. And I just, I love you guys. Y'all my familia. <laughs> Okay. Um, so hey guys, <laughs> it's okay. I, I honestly have not been talking through the whole episode, but it's okay because, like, like you know, it's I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm like so emotional right now. Like I've been, I've been really excited to do this episode, but I've been like really dreading it too because it's the last one. <laughs> For those who don't know, Karen's graduating this semester. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking did it, B. You did that. And like. <laughs> I don't even know, like, I just love you guys so much. I love like, you too. <laughs> we love you so much. Um, it's insane to see, like, how far this, we took, we've taken this podcast, you know, like, um, it's, it just started with an idea, and then, like, we, we planned it, we, you know, we recorded, we've been here, you know, there's been times we've been here since, like, two in the morning, you know, and editing and recording and all that we and ordered subway one time <laughs> yeah we did we, we was hungry <laughs> you know, like a, a lot it's been such a ride and um my closing thoughts is just like hearing everybody's stories you know and i'm trying not to cry <laughs> too late i know <laughs> i'm like tearing up so bad but like i think something i'm taking with me after like hearing all your guys's experience is like learning to um my point is still breaking down. Um, learning to like love myself and forgive myself like I would to somebody else, you know. I think like that's the biggest thing. And so thank you guys for teaching me that and for like it is something I'm still like um you know, I'm still learning, you know. And then also like huge, huge thank you to like Jessica and Georgie for, you know, being those people that if I have a question on something, because, you know, like Ethnic studies is my minor, but it's something I'm still new at. Like, you know, I'm still learning how to decolonize stuff. I'm still learning all these terms and all. So whenever I have a question, like, thank you guys so much for, like, not being, like, it's not my job. You know, thank you for, like. It is our job, just for you, yeah. Queen, especially for you. <laughs> so, like, you know, huge thank you. And then thank you to you guys for being here and for sharing your stories. You know, like, this isn't, it's, it's, it's broken my heart, but it's also just made me want to, like, I don't know, I just want to give you guys all hug. <laughs> like, we could hug out. Yeah. <laughs> group hug, group hug. A group hug. <laughs> Thanks, Candido. Um, we love you. They, yeah, like, this has been such a big sisterhood, you know, for me. Like, we we, we, we built this. Like, we did this, you know. And then to Kat, you know, who started with us, but, you know, um, had to go find her own path. Like, you know, Kat, if you're ever listening to this, like, we still love you. Like, open arms for you all the time. She's not dead. We just miss you. I know. <laughs> I know she's not dead. We always say that. <laughs> Every time we People bring her think, up. like, it's not a eulogy. It's, it's she not. <laughs> but, you know, like, she had to go find, you know, she had to go do her own thing and that's cool. Like, we support her and, but, so Kat, if you're ever listening, like, 
we still love you open arms all the time like you know still our queen um but yeah thank you guys so much for being here and just i don't know, give me a pers giving me a perspective like you know we talked about so much like i'm a huge fear of mine is just being independent on my own but that's something i really want like i'm striving for that you know and then also like uh, another you know what you guys talked about being represent like representation is a big thing that matters to me like you, i've taken so like several risks this semester you know and and hearing you guys stories just makes me want to keep going and take more um so thank you guys and for those who are listening just thank you for tuning in and you know listening to us <laughs> we love you <laughs> i love you guys <laughs> Georgina's the only one not in serious. That's <laughs> <laughs> she gonna start crying. You just, you just jinxed it. She finna cry, cry right now. I don't like to right. cry in front of the people. That's why I wanted to go last. So I can compose myself. Uh, well, first of all, she's like I was silently crying. Yeah. Invisible tears. I want to apologize for my costume. I've been very uncomfortable this whole time because I'm, you know, I'm your local dad. But we whatever. love a dad. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That was my actual costume. I was a barbecue dad. But anyway. Um, the point. <laughs> uh, second of all. Girl, I wish. Um, I lost. Okay. I lost my train of thought. But second of all, I just want to thank you guys all for coming out. Like, it's been, like, I've been super excited about this episode just because I've been really wanting to get, like, an opportunity to, like, get to know, like, the creatives of, like, the 209 area and, like, the downtown Modesto scene, which is because, like, um... I, I see myself going to all the, these events and I still feel like out of place sometimes like oh maybe I shouldn't be here or whatever but like I love everything that you guys do like it's so inspiring and it, like it just warms my heart that you guys are creating spaces for uh, for BIPOC and for all other I identities and all other groups of people that need a space and so uh, a huge thank you to you guys um, huge thank you to these lovely ladies who have been like on this journey with me like throughout the entire semester and have put up with like all of my crackhead energy and like all of Sis. my like we're all nonsense. crackheads <laughs> yeah all we of are. my nonsense but like again um thank you guys so much and it just warms my heart so much like being able to be in a space that created like a, a sense of safety and a sense of comfort enough for all of you guys to share um something very personal and feel safe enough to to feel um to feel like you belong here, which you guys do. That's what we wanted. That was our intention. Yeah. So again, um, leaving you guys off with like, you're all tough enough to be a flower. With all, with all endings, there's beginnings. With all life, there's beauty. And so just pursue your truth, and you'll find that beauty. So thank you guys. A fucking legend. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you guys so much. And to all our listeners, we'll catch you on the flip side. All right, yeah. Listen. All right. See you on the next one. Right. No. Bye. This, this is the last one. <laughs> you never know. Oh, okay, you're right, you're right. <laughs> to be continued. You're right. You can just edit that out. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Just kidding, everybody. We're back, and we're here to share an interview that we had with the group Valley Wolf. Uh, shout out to Valley Wolf for the amazing opportunity to... Um, they gave us to talk to them about their experiences as a band, and so and they here they on are. One hell of a show. They did put on a hell of a show. Definitely, stay tuned and give them a listen. Hey, so do you guys just want to give a quick introduction of who you are, and then we're yeah. gonna ask you guys questions? I'm I'm Jairo Romeli Barosio, and I play guitar, I sing, and 
play the piano in Valley Wolf? Piano. The piano. <laughs> My name is Victor Alvarado. I'm a, I'm a metal enthusiast, and I play the drums in the band I'm, I'm slash musical group Valley Wolf. Hi, I'm Fernando Barosio. I play bass with these two crazy guys and one that's missing. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew couldn't be here. He's our guitarist. Uh, he had to dip out, but uh, yeah. Fernando's actually my cousin. Uh, we grew oh, up nice. playing. We grew up playing mariachi. Nice. Uh, hence the moños and the, you know. They can't see the moños, but we're wearing moños. <laughs> and we look swaggy as fuck. My name is Victor Alvarado. Uh, short, short, uh, long story short. Not short, sorry, long. Uh, I'm a metal enthusiast, <laughs> as I as I mentioned before. Uh, I'm a drummer. I drum for Valley Wolf. I met. No. I met these guys. Well, I met these guys in different uh, in different situations. Hiro was the first one, which was uh, 2012. That was seven years ago. Uh, it was October. Uh, basically, we jammed a couple tracks. We did a lot of covers at the Queen Bean, and we just became a band. I met uh, Fernando, and Fernando, tell him how I met you. They haven't asked a question yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying. I'm sorry, I just started talking. We'd love to know, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get up. So, uh, yeah. We, it's cool, um, they can't see me. <laughs> we just, um... Yeah, we, um... I was coming back from Arizona one day um, after... It was, like, three years ago, after New Year's. And it was, like, 11 at night, and my friend Josue goes, Hey, you want to go to uh, my friend Victor's house? We just go over there and just, you know, hang out, have a few drinks or whatever for the new year. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we went. We ended up the staying. The new year was 2017. Yeah, he knows. So we were just there, um, what's it called, uh, playing music, drinking a few beers, just I hanging out. a couple bands. Yeah, he introduced me some music, and then we were like, yeah, we should jam sometime. And a lot of people say we should jam sometime, and it never and happens. that sometime was three years after that. Uh, Three, or not three years, I'm sorry. Three months. Three months. <laughs> yes. I'm fucking this whole thing up. Okay. It was three months. We created Valley Wolf three months after I met Fernando. It was February 14th, Valentine's Day 2016. And not 17. Okay, earlier I said 2017. I got my whole days. But, uh, I met Fernando three months. Or, after three months after I met. <laughs> three months after I met Fernando. Valley Wolf became a thing and our, our uh, first track on our EP Bananana that that was literally made on the first day and don't ask me how it fucking it just became it just it, it just was and after that we knew that our uh, chemistry and our connections just kind of it just kind of flowed we just felt the electricity maggle Oh, good. <laughs> we love WWE. Yes. I'm a WWE. huge wrestling fan. Uh, if I needed to talk about wrestling right now, I could tell you everything, but I don't need to do that. <laughs> oh, we got we got David. Yeah, we got Kevin. Oh, Kevin, sorry. <laughs> What's crapping, everybody? <laughs> How have your identities and backgrounds helped in the progression of your work, and has it ever held you back from doing so? Uh, 
I don't I don't think it's really held us back. I think it's inspired us a little bit more. Uh, just because we come from a mariachi background. So Fernando and I, we actually grew up uh, playing mariachi. He played trumpet, I played violin. And uh, both of our dads played trumpet. Um, and one of my biggest influences was my dad. And I say was because my dad uh, unfortunately died last week. And this show was in his commemoration. And he's one of my biggest influences, one of the best artists I ever knew. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, Miguel Lomeli. I love you. How has your music, so like what is your music attempting to say or does it have a message or a specific goal behind it? Uh, it's a mix of like I would certain say, experiences. I would say first and foremost, the way that the EP is set off as the uh, music wise, it was us finding our finding our spot, finding our our taste, finding what what we were going to do. And that especially, that especially being from out here, like so, it's different. So the first I would say the first EP is based off more of like jam wise, more of more of us, you know, connecting to ourselves and feeling comfortable. Yeah. yeah. But recently we've already recorded a couple tracks again with Eduardo and um, I'd say our newer sound is more focused on the advancement of you know the future of where we're setting ourselves because right now it's it's i feel like everybody's in lingo about i think a lot of people nowadays and like i guess in like 18 to 30 or millennials i guess whatever you want we are the, the millennials it's a different it's a different like outlook in life because we have it differently you know and especially it's how kinda, we it's kind of those life, changes yeah. like we we are we could be at the end of the world right now in a way because of like climate change and stuff like that. So well, I do try to talk about it. that. And like I talk about personal experiences. I got we got a few new songs coming out that are like about family. It's all a different and adventure. Relationships. Yeah, so it's yeah, definitely we've taken you're, our time. You're more. you're literally through every song you go through a different passage. Through every song you you're literally experiencing a whole different <laughs> A whole different meaning and and at the end of it if we are to explain what our what our plan our goal is maybe there isn't one right now but we know them right we're trying to just make some good tracks and we got we got that mindset we got that we got that flow going right now and literally we're we're just trying to fucking make some good shit <laughs> <laughs> we're, definitely, we're definitely making something that's that's different from an what anything that's coming out from Modesto or like oh, the Central especially Valley. Modesto. Especially mean, because we're from out here, like this. Shit on our own town, because because <laughs> honestly, like the, the Chicano Chicano identity isn't as aware out here, to be completely honest, as like down south California. You know, like the the culture is different. And we're like, a Republican. We, we, yeah, our so county is super Republican. <laughs> and shit, we de- we live a way different. Chicano experience and like that's kind of I guess you know the EP is kind of about that too we all grew up in different places I yeah. mean they're cousins and shit but I grew up different from them but somehow we ended up connected we had the same music influences we were able to put our differences or even our the fact that we grew up differently although we are all of, of Latino descent but we we put all our our roots into our music and it just worked out and it connected so well and and right now it's just the beginning and 
I can't tell the future, I can't guarantee the future, but I'm really looking forward to our future. Valley Wolf, we really we we're gonna we're gonna come to you guys and you guys aren't gonna expect us and that's all I gotta say. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget, Game of Thrones, last, uh, last episode tomorrow. It's not Tuesday. It's actually coming out on Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. What? So what has been your process for you to develop your, like, your music, and how do you guys seek out opportunities? Uh, we pretty much... You know, we'll bring ideas to the table, and it'll be, hey, I have this melody, whatnot, and we'll add drums, and then we'll just naturally, you know, build the foundation. It just flows in. That's- it flows in naturally. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you can't picture it how we're explaining it, but, you know, it's kind of just, it, it's a simple method, but it's also not as simple as it sounds because, yeah, we do have our technicalities, we do have our... Like, we have to question ourselves, is this song really, like, is this what we want this song to, to go to? Is this, is this the, is this what the song's supposed to be? Like, is this the final version? But no, uh, as far as that, uh, I, I'd say we're very comfortable with each other and we trust each other. So, sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> What's your process to like develop your music, and um, how do you guys seek out opportunities? You hear that? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what has been the process for you to develop your your music, and how do you seek out opportunities? Well, <laughs> uh, well, the, the developing music, honestly, Andrew he's not here, but he's helped me a lot in uh, songwriting. Andrew. When we started very jamming, talented. we we yeah, he's super talented. When you, we started jamming, we just clicked. And we just bounce off a lot of ideas. There's some things I was stubborn about, things he was stubborn about. And he's like, nah. And I was like, nah. And, then, you know, you just work out those things. We did somewhere halfway. And in the end, it um, works out. It kind of, yeah, like I, so like yeah, I honestly, tried to Andrew, explain Andrew earlier. Andrew does inspire me, especially because <laughs> Andrew's younger than all of us. He's, yeah. He just turned 21. Yeah. So we barely can get him. Like we just were able to start tours at bars and stuff. Like it was. Yeah. yeah. We had to. We had to talk to people in the front yeah, to like, get hey, it to not. play. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, you guys must be all twenty-one if you're playing here. But no. <laughs> no, but yeah, Andrew's awesome. I, I really, um, I really like to bounce the ideas off of him, and just you know the culture that that we live around. Um, the artists that we like to follow and that we look up to, you know, mm-hmm. that that uh, that does make a difference, especially definitely you know, out here where like maybe we feel like there's not other people that share these same ideas. I'd we know that there is because once we start saying them, people are reaching out like, hey, you know, I fuck with that or whatever, you know, and that's what this is in school. In a sense, yeah, we're a band that maybe we're gonna be known in the 2020s, but like. And like <laughs> being a '90s fucking being all '90s babies, we we really like the 2000s. It's not really like it's just that was the age of technology. We all just advanced from there. But we, you know, we don't really have a definition to us as far as like I think the next century and the, what people are going to refer us to our decades are going to start from the 20s but i feel like the 20s is going to be it's our mark oh man <laughs> i'm honestly uh, I'm, uh, 
Don't we're gonna, all gonna die. Dude, we're, gonna, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die by 2035. Mark my motherfucking word. Unless, unless we change something and and uh, and climate change reform, we have some kind of shit like that. We gotta have. Uh, we gotta stop burning emissions. We gotta fucking take care of our planet because we're fucked. If we don't fix this shit, I would be hella years, pissed because if we don't, if we don't enforce <laughs> it, in, like a couple, like the next presidency, like we're legit fucked. I would be hella pissed because ACDC lasted uh, as a band longer than these next sixteen years. So if I've only been doing that for sixteen years. I'm gonna be disappointed because ACDC does not deserve to be up there. But I mean, at least you can go out with the bang. So. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. By the way, I really want to uh, make a comment. This thing really looks like a, t- uh, a taser. <laughs> I really have this whole time I've been thinking I'm about, about to get tased. <laughs> we promise we won't do that. Um, so, personally and as a group, like, what have been some of your toughest moments? Definitely last week. Unfortunately. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it personally but yeah our homie dealt with some some really some really life awakening situations so it's we all we're all here for him though and this show was dedicated to to the said person and it's really tough but like I'd say we really we're we're good at pulling through these types of things because we all have each other and at the end of it we know we know that this is what what we're meant to do so we're gonna continue and we're gonna pull through and do these shows and we're gonna provide our music to the fucking world because that's that's all there is to this we're not gonna just stay quiet and we're not just gonna pull back because you know tough life situations that you know the realities that hit us like no we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna pull through and like we did today we played the show we fucking killed it and we're gonna keep doing it next week we got a four four day run all weekend like (laughs) it's gonna be tough (laughs) me and fernando have to go to work the next days at 5 a.m but we can do it. <laughs> but we we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We are here, and this is this is what it's all about. It's 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 the struggle and it's the fucking sacrifice that you have to do to do what you love. And what we love doing is playing music and making people feel through the sound, making them dance. Yeah, we definitely make them dance. Hey, Harold, you just missed yeah, all this. Thank you guys again so much for taking the time. I'm sorry, thank you. (laughs) I'm sorry I cussed.